All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Empire. Today, Santiago and I sat down with the co-founder of Stepin, Jan. Uh, this was a really interesting conversation, uh, talking both big picture, long-term goals of Stepin, as well as, uh, honestly, Santiago and I asked some some tough questions, and I think Jan had some, some pretty interesting answers to them. Uh, this episode was recorded on July 6th, so there have been... Uh, two weeks of step in things that have come out since then. So if it feels a little strange that we didn't talk about any of the news that has happened around step in the last two weeks, that's because the episode was recorded uh, on July 6th. So just getting this one out right now. Uh, the second thing is no roundup this week. It's just this step in episode. Uh, second week in a row that we're doing this to you, it's because we recorded so many uh, what we believe to be really interesting episodes uh, that we think are really important back to regular programming next week uh, with the roundup. So, all right, if you guys enjoyed this episode, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple, subscribe on YouTube, tweet at us, DM us. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. This episode is brought to you by Core, the brand new non-custodial wallet that offers a seamless and secure experience on Avalanche. You'll hear more about Core later in the show. All right, everyone. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Empire. Uh, super lucky today to be joined by uh, my co-host and my friend, Santiago, uh, and a very special guest who I will share in a second. Um, I want to give a little bit of a background here. There are very few companies that break out of crypto and kind of make it into the, the normie zeitgeist, right? And since I've, since I've gotten into the industry, I think a couple come to mind, right? You had CryptoKitties in 2017, you had NBA Top Shots, you had Axie Infinity, uh, and most recently you had a company called Steppin, right? So Steppin is a crypto Web3 app that pays users for one thing that most of us do, hopefully every day, which is moving around and walking around. Uh, Steppin really created the move to earn or move and earn category. They finished fourth out of over 500 projects at the Solana Ignition Hackathon in 2021 uh, and just had absolute rocket ship growth. Just six months after launch, Steppin managed to achieve a peak of, Jan, Jan might have to correct me on these, uh, these numbers, but 400,000 uh, daily active users, I think. Uh, yes, uh, we hit about 400,000 after the launchpad. After the launchpad. So 400,000 yeah. daily active users. The number I have for monthly active users is 1.7 million. They were one of the most downloaded apps in the fitness section of the App Store. Uh, just, just amazing growth in six months. Um, today, though, I think the big question on everyone's mind is can Steppen sustain the momentum through the bear market or will they get hit pretty hard like some other like play to earn uh, brands did in the last 12 months. Uh, there is no better person to discuss that big question that's on everyone's mind, plus like the longer term vision of Steppen than their co-founder, Jan Rong. Jan, we are super excited to have you on Empire. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah. Uh, we this, this episode is supposed to be about Stepin. It almost turned into a, a Harry Potter episode. Jan told us that he <laughs> completed a 60,000-piece uh, Hogwarts collection, uh, which is honestly more impressive than Stepin. That is a, a feat in and of itself. But Jan, uh, we are very excited. I think we have to give a quick disclaimer. Santiago uh, is both a Harry Potter fan, so you got him on that note, but also a seed investor in Stepin. So just wanted to give a quick disclaimer there. Jan, I think it'd be helpful... Um, if you could just, we're recording this early July, 2022, uh, you guys had absolutely massive growth over the last six, seven, eight months. Um, and now obviously not just maybe the step in prices down, but like the entire market has taken a massive turn. So I think it'd be helpful to get your framework on like, A, just like where you're seeing the market today, but also how this relates to step in. And then we can use that as a jumping off point. 
Sure. So yeah, definitely we're in the sort of uh, recession as we see, um, you know, it's two consecutive uh, quarters of the uh, the US um, uh, GDP went to negative. So, you know, obviously that basically um, also affect the crypto market, the whole financial market. So definitely in the beer market. And uh, as we can see, everything pretty much uh, went down 80% ish. And uh, so we soon discovered the beer market and we starting to pivot. So we can talk about that later, but uh, we are moving now fast to shift our attention from the Web3 to Web2 and uh, trying to capture, you know, really the price insensitive crowd that uh, in the running community and uh, basically from a just uh, everyday use um, on the working trackers or running trackers. So we'll start to see um, changes well made uh, in the next couple of months. Plus, we also, so we pivot two ways. One, one we pivot horizontally and one, one we pivot uh, vertically. So we also pivot uh, away and start to build a much bigger ecosystem where um, the move to earn, often people ask where that earn come from. Um, so meaning that we have to build something much bigger than the step and app and then to support the earning bit, which again, we can talk about that later. So yeah, so um, we are now trying to take this time in the beer market and build a series of flywheels and uh, also Web2 product and to con constant expand the product and brand awareness and recognitions and then to bring people through Stepan. So we always see Stepan as a user on like Web3 onboarding um, tools rather than typically like a GameFi project where we're trying to get the Web2 user onboarding with Stepan and then move them to, let's say, the DAX we build, um, the NFT marketplace we build, and also down the track, the social app we build. There's a there's a stat I saw you on that was really impressive, which is one third of Stepan users had never actually had a crypto wallet before, which is just an amazing stat. So Stepan alone got hundreds of thousands of people to open a crypto wallet for the first time. It'd be interesting to hear your take on like, what is Stepan today? People think of it as the app that you download, you get money when you walk around, it's like move to earn versus what does Stepin look like maybe 18 months from now or 36 months from now? Uh, today's vision or today's product versus maybe the future vision. Yes, so Stepin now as an individual app is really trying to promote a healthier um, a, a mind and body and lifestyles and uh, to motivate people to achieve that type of uh, routine of, uh, let's say, a little bit exercise every day. We do token incentives and uh, and that will also come in two stages. One, stage one, basically token incentives of the GST and then stage two will be the token incentive of the GMT. And uh, let's say 18 months from now, uh, I, I will say we don't need 18 months, let's say six months from now, we will be able to expand with a, a complete functional of the DEX and a complete functional of NFT marketplace with a launch pad, which uh, the third party NFT could launch through us. And we are also branching into a, um, a closing brand. So building our own closing brand appeals and also building our own beverages. So as you can see that we're trying to tap into the everyday items, the Web2 people or normal people, normies use, and really just have the brand in front of them. So people drink waters every day. So we're going to have a water brand and they wear clothes every day. We're going to have our logo on the closings. So 
in a way that we actually are reverse integration from the Web3 back to the traditional business and uh, use the traditional item, you know, just physical items, sneakers, uh, clothing, food, drinks, and uh, to reverse integrate and uh, have the brand in front of them and uh, in a way that you let's even 1% of them say, oh, what is that? And then find out, oh, actually, this is a Web3 app. And to actually onboarding them in a mass, massive scale and uh, effective as well. It's really interesting. I mean, when you talk about it like that, you're building this behemoth of a of a of really a sports company, which looks maybe something like a, like a Disney meets Nike. Uh, when when you explain it like that, I think before getting into the decks, the NFT marketplace, the clothing, the the Red Bull like sponsorships that you that you guys maybe plan to do, I think it's important to talk about uh, just just how it actually works right now for a couple of minutes. So there are two important things I think here, or maybe three important things. A, how do people make money? B, there are two different tokens, right? There's GST and GMT, and there are two different wallets. So maybe if you could just give an explainer, maybe tying the three of those together, GST and GMT, two different wallets, how do people make money? At its surface, it feels like very confusing, but I think when I've heard you lay it out, uh, it actually, it makes a lot of sense. Sure, so um, in this current phase of phase, uh, actually now it's phase four, but uh, in the current phase, people can only earn the GST, which is a infinite supply token and basically implement many of the token burning mechanics. Uh, for example, that people have to repair the sneakers every day, and people have to, uh, people can receive like a mystery box and open the box, they have to um, spend a lot of GST, and uh, especially that when it comes to sneaker minting, you also need to GST. So we build a whole range of uh, token burning mechanics, which basically to improve on the X infinity, where uh, except breeding, the uh, the game token doesn't have much of use. And uh, we're trying to build a, a range of uh, use cases where people are more likely to use it. Like for example, that we create this uh, gem system where there's 10 different levels and uh, people can then just uh, upgrade the gems by burning the GST. And then the gems will enable them to have a better sneaker down the track and then basically earn more token or be prepared for let's say GMT earnings. So that is to do with the GST. But again, it doesn't really, you know, it doesn't uh, have a cap, meaning that people are keep creating the GST and will creating an inflationary pressure. And uh, that's the reason that we'll have the GMT earning to counterbalance the GST. Got it. Okay. So let me just almost repeat this back to you to make sure I fully understand the model. So mm -hmm. to start, you download the Stepin app. You need you need an, uh, you you sign up for Stepin. You need a verification code. I think at one point you guys were giving out a thousand a day. I'm not sure if that's still the model. You create a new wallet, right? A crypto wallet, so it generates a 12 word secret phrase. Um, you transfer some Solana into your in app wallet. Uh, you then head over to the in app marketplace. You pick up a sneaker um, and and you basically purchase a sneaker. Once you have the sneaker, you can start earning um, and different. I think different sneakers have different traits, if I remember correctly. You've got the energy, mm -hmm. um, and you basically have like different levels, right? So if you have like, well, I think one sneaker, you're a newbie, three sneakers, you're a daily user, nine sneakers, you're like a savvy user. The more sneakers you have, the more capital that you can actually earn. In terms of the token model, there are basically two different tokens. tokens. So you have GST, which has an infinite supply, uh, and then you have the GMT, which I think there's a supply of like six billion, if I remember correctly. Um, yep. And this kind of dual token model is something that we saw uh, Axie Infinity uh, really made this dual token system pretty popular, right? 
made it popular. Uh, I think it's a pretty useful model for like X to earn, like play to earn or move to earn applications, where you have one token that's designed to be this highly inflationary reward token that kind of bears the brunt of the selling pressure that uh, from users cashing out the rewards. That's the GST. And then the other uh, accrues the value that's created by users' transactions inside the app. That's GMT. Do I understand that correctly? Uh, yes, but uh, the GMT also um, will serve a multiple layer of uh, purposes. And we only just uh, released one layer, which would be the in-game utility functions. Got it. Okay. So once you get the GMT, is is this going to be more of a model? Like, do you, do, you, do, you, do you predict that users will do a model kind of like Sweatcoin, right? Sweatcoin is a huge web to almost like a move to earn where they get, it's not cryptocurrencies, they get just like tokens and then they can use the tokens to buy in-app things on like Amazon or Nike or whatever it may be. Do you predict that it's in-app purchases? Do you predict that they'll they'll sell and, and they'll buy Bitcoin or Ethereum? What do you, what, what do you think this looks like? Um, it's re so really we want the GS and GMT to be circulating within within our own ecosystem, meaning that uh, not only within Stepen, but uh, with other things we create, uh, especially with the GMT, which will come in handy where we having other uh, product being built, right? Say if you're staking GMT, you can get different perks on the NFT marketplace, for example. Got it. Let's talk about the big question at hand here as we, you know, we're maybe seven or eight months into this bear market. Let's talk about how Steppen avoids the same fate as Axie, right? What what learnings did you have just watching the meteoric rise and then kind of fall of Axie? Um, what learnings did you have? And then maybe why is Steppen different from Axie here? Um, I think the the one thing that uh, I think differentiate us is people eventually, so maintain a healthier lifestyle is I think majority uh, is what people want to do, right? So they want to they want to develop that routines, but they always lack that level of motivation. So with video game playing, that's different. So video game playing, so it's like, okay, this this great game that is really addictive, and then keep playing, and if that pays you money, that's awesome. But eventually, you get a little bit tired um, of playing these type of video games. And uh, you say, all right, that's it. I move on to the next one. But uh, what we trying, to, what we trying to offer is something that uh, will benefit people. Uh, one, if you keep walking outside or running outside, you get more energy, literally more energy, and uh, losing weight, you feel better. And uh, we also have seen a lot of users do have smoking issues, um, diabetes, depressions, and uh, they find their uh, condition being alleviated because they've been exercised regularly and they can see the benefit doesn't really come from the earnings but it also come from the, 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 the visible uh, improvement on people's health. So I think that that's the key point that is differentiate us. So you know even though everything in this bear market price went down, I still go out and walk an hour and 40 minutes every day and uh, it once that building to your routines um, is become difficult to to change, and then you just keep going, and uh, eventually you'll discover that okay, I lose that love handle, um, I, I I get more energies, um, and you feel better. I think uh, look, Jan, I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, when I first met you guys, uh, there were two. Obviously, I feel really passionately about healthcare, and one of the things that is wrong in the healthcare system is that it's very reactive. So you you then think, okay, there are incentives that we focused on in crypto. 
how can we apply those to nudge certain outcomes and, and motivate people to do something? I was a longtime user of Strava. And when I discovered crypto, I was like, wait, why doesn't Strava have a token? Um, the argument that I've heard from a lot of folks when I tell them about Step In is they say, wait a minute. Well, obviously, this is a Ponzi because a lot of other people, you know, you're buying the sneaker from another person, right? Um, and that sneaker roughly costs X, which is comparable to an actual sneaker. Like it was at one point, like 130 bucks. It's priced in Seoul, I think. And so how do you respond to someone that says the current installed base, the current user base is very motivated to use the app, but is dependent on other users coming and buying their sneakers. And when people hear that, they sort of say, wait a minute, that's a Ponzi. Um, and I'm sure this is not the first time you've heard this, but what would be your response to someone like that? So I think if one word has been overused in the cryptocurrency industry is a Ponzi word. And uh, um, it, it, it could be very well argued that everything is Ponzi, but we're not going to go down that path today. And uh, so uh, with Stepan, when people are creating tokens and uh, we're, trying to we're trying to create a use cases for that token, and there will be people willing to pay to buy the token and then for, let's say, minting sneakers. Yes, you create new sneakers through tokens, which somebody sold to you, right? That create that token has a value. Or for more of the intrinsic uh, reasons, they say, all right, I, I want to improve this sneaker, right? So because the sneaker is my social identity, and this is what we see from a lot of the community gatherings that people say, oh, what sneaker you got? Uh, have this like a Genesis or have this Essex special sneaker. So it become part of your social identity and then say, all right, th th this sneaker has more values than a production production tool, right? To produce tokens. You you feel attached and, uh, you know, uh, if you sell it, you, if you sell the sneaker, you sell part of your identity. So definitely that when you're saying something with Ponzi, meaning that you create a zero value, right? You simply move somebody's money, uh, the newcomer's money, you pay um, the people come before you. The really, the counter argument for the Ponzi acquisition is, have we created values? Have we created values? So I think we do, right? So one, we create a community where we are hosting a lot of live events. Um, we have people showing up, you know, hundreds of them attending live event. Just nice social gatherings. People talk to each other. They do a lap or five laps of running, walkings, and uh, then they go out and uh, have a good time. Either it's a picnic or it's going to a pub, have a drink. So there are social value being created, uh, definitely. And the social fi is also the path that we're also discovering down the track. And also, people do need to buy this NFT, sorry, to buy GSC or the tokens of um the exchange or of the swap and do things right so i i, I bought like um today i bought like 500 dollars worth of gst just to try and upgrade my sneakers and um so when that create a value for people to move around and get healthier and then to create value and demand for the tokens and on top of that create social value of gathering I don't think that falls into the category of Ponzi because value being created, right? Exch uh, value being exchanged, and the exchange is at a fair value, right? Price goes down. Why? Because there's less demand than supply. Um, 
So, but it doesn't mean it's a Ponzi because uh, it's being created, you know, again, you know, connections being created, value being created. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Jan. I, I actually don't love the term Ponzi. I think I will, I would um, say like the, the what happened with Axie is basically um, a multi-step process where investors bought the NFT assets, investors then hired scholars to play the game using that, those NFTs. Scholars made money in the form of a native crypto token. Investors and scholars then started dumping the token on new investors and that cycle kind of repeated. And I think Ponzi, I, I agree with you on, I, I, don't, I don't love that word here, um, but, but that model with Axie required new investors to keep joining the game to provide exit liquidity for the current investors. So kind of everyone was happy as long as the new money flows in. It sounds like you would push back that that's not the model with Step In. Yeah, so I, I think the, the key point is that uh, people are still using the app. And uh, the, the motivation for them to using that could be different. Somebody says, oh, I want to make my uh, make, make returns. And someone say, oh, I just want to keep fit. So, but I think the, 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 the value creation part is, is the key important part where let's say if less people are playing Step In, and we have seen the sneaker has been um, become a deflationary supply now uh, because we have released the enhancement, which uh, you burn five sneakers, you get a better quality one. So 100,000 sneakers have been burned. So, um, so they will be going through cycles. Uh, doesn't matter if it's a sneaker price or the token price, um, but we are following a economic trend or cycles. And uh, you can't cope you know, things when it's dropped, Ponzi, right? Or up Ponzi, <laughs> you, you become overly irresponsible. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Who do you think of, um, as, you're, as you start to build out the app and, and all these experiences, who do you think of as your biggest competitors here? Is, is it the Strava, like Santiago mentioned Strava, Strava, Nike, Sweatcoin, is, is that the group that, those are your main competitors? I, I think we were able to grow this fast uh, was really because there wasn't much of a competition uh, going around because uh, uh, I think we, we, we were lucky that we're in this very sweet spot where um, uh, we are on the mobile end, so we don't need to compete with all the game files. Um, and also um, with Sweatcoin, with uh, you know a whole bunch of other moves and earn, earn to earn sort of uh, project out there, uh, I think we add the, we, we make I think we make a good balance between the game and financials part. Uh, you know, is uh, some of I, I think with uh, Switecoin, it uh, it it become a little bit boring after using it for for a bit, right? So it doesn't really offer any interactions. I think that's the part, and also. Um, interaction with the app and uh, the user and also between users or among users. What we're trying to facilitate is uh, more on the offline event. And that's where we more like uh, Strava uh, to facilitate you know, the face-to-face -face interactions to build the social connections. Um, but again, Strava doesn't have that earn bit or game bit. So uh, we, we, we really try, we actually try to piece all these together and to create something that uh, um, more attractive um, uh, than this, the, the traditional sort of, uh, you know, in, in this old category called like a free earning apps. You know, that's, that's sort of where it belonged uh, before this like X to earn become really popular. I want to maybe talk a little bit about your 
BD plans. Um, you've done some collaborations with our, which I think are pretty interesting. Uh, sneaker brands, but also with crypto native communities um, like Board Apes. So the Elp realm is pretty interesting. I'm curious if if you can talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, how does that enhance the value that it, within Step In, and and what are other kind of future like? Where do you see these collaborations going in the future? Uh, with the Ape realm, we basically airdropped. Uh, so. This is where the, we draw the learnings uh, from uh, the, you know, we create this realm system where we basically um, open identical games on different blockchain or on the same blockchain with a different theme. Uh, that enable us to sort of uh, give a reset and uh, also to attract users that wasn't able to attract before. And uh, and for that particular reason, we draw learning on the BNB chain, which was not enough sneaker uh, at the first at in the beginning. It's only a couple thousand pairs. So this time we dropped to all the board ape uh, holders and also all the Genesis sneaker holders plus a whole bunch of uh, uh, raffles uh, and also drawings uh, in and out of the app. So I think we are um, because each. Blockchain, so with Solana, with BNB chain, and now on the Ethereum chain, um, if we are not on that chain, we cannot tag into the that chain's uh, core users. Only that when we extend to Ethereum, we'll be able to tap into the, you know, all, a lot of the sort of the blue chip uh, NFT holders, and then we'll be able to grow our uh, ecosystem uh, bigger and uh, basically to influence them and then to um, um, have them to refer to their friend and so on and so forth. Basically to expand the ecosystem. And that, that's sort of the, um, the, the one of the main objective for us mm -hmm. to build uh, neural realms yeah. and to grow and to, 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 to increase our sort of um, uh, brand awareness. Mm -hmm. And eventually um, again to break into the web tool and uh, um, get more users down the track. Speaking of users, just uh, let's, I want to take a moment here to just talk about a couple of stats that are pretty interesting on your, on your website, you show these live, which is pretty great. So to date, uh, there have been close to 70 million miles that have been logged by users. Uh, that translates to roughly 4.3 billion calories burned uh, and some carbon offset attached to that. One of the things that uh, when I was talking to you guys uh, was sort of the scalability problems that you were facing in Solana and then you had to go to another chain. How does, you know, you guys have gotten some very early success with a phased rollout because there were so many people that were pinging me for codes and I said, guys, like I only have so many codes. Uh, you have released a very methodical kind of way of every day, I think in your Discord, you release certain codes, I think it's a thousand, and then that allows the next set of users to join. Um, how how do you think about scaling this to potentially billions of users? Like, uh, is that possible with the current infrastructure? Um, and how do we get there? I think it's possible because uh, uh, I think a couple months ago we have upgraded um, the server basically um, to be able to accommodate not billions but uh, at least uh, uh, tens of millions uh, easily. Um, uh, every day, basically. So uh, basically, we'll do future uh, server upgrade and uh, uh, once we see needed. And 
again, we believe that uh, with user, we really cannot grow too fast. And if you grow too fast, um, it created a lot of issues because NFT are being produced by users. And uh, if user growth is faster than the NFT being produced, you can see that the price went up to the sky <clears throat> and then that caused issues. So we want to really pace it out uh, to have uh, a set number of users to join every day and just to smoothly increase our users without impacting too much on the NFT and token prices. So as we, again, step into the <laughs> bear market and uh, we actually are trying to, um, uh, again, uh, move our focus uh, on more of a traditional method uh, of uh, of growing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the activation code uh, or the invite code, I think is uh, one of the key, I think, uh, uh, key reason that uh, we be able to scale. You know, I, I always try to use the sort of the COVID uh, metaphor um, basically, uh, COVID basically is that you, you affect the close contact, you know, friend and families. And with Stefan, we're also trying to do that. Basically you use it, you feel that, uh, you know, it's a great app and you want to introduce to your friend families and with your activation code, when you have that code, they always know who to ask question from and that create that social bond. All right, folks, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Avalanche and Ava Labs. They have just dropped a new crypto wallet called Core. You're going to be hearing a lot about it over the coming months. You can now be one of the first to try it out. Here's the reason I'm excited to partner with them on Empire. Right now, crypto wallets and browser extensions, they feel clunky. They feel non-intuitive. That's why Ava Labs built Core. It's a free, non-custodial browser extension that gives Avalanche users a seamless and secure Web3 experience across the entire Avalanche ecosystem. Here are a few reasons to try Core. Here's what I'm experimenting with. Number one, Core has intuitive dashboards with a unified display for all of your NFT collections, all your crypto assets. You can execute asset swaps directly inside the wallet. It's a really nice experience. Uh, maybe you want to earn yield or borrow against your Bitcoin, uh, but you don't want to do it on one of those C5 platforms right now. Core's native bridging functionality makes it really easy to bridge your Bitcoin to Avalanche's robust DeFi ecosystem. Last but not least, Core makes on-ramping super easy. You can convert dollars to crypto right now using the MoonPay integration. Just takes a few clicks. Download Core today using the link in the show notes. It's really, really nice. Uh, if you are interested in the Avalanche ecosystem at all, you have to be using Core. Download Core using the link below. Now, let's get back to the show. So uh, certainly we've seen in, in a game like Axie, there is a very big subset of earners that go away when it's no longer uh, lucrative for them to play and earn. In this case, look, we all walk, uh, but how many, the question is perhaps more on that habitual part, which is how many of your users do you think will stop logging and using uh, Stepin uh, if the price kind of collapses? Um, and, and do you think that, you know, are you kind of focused on that? Uh, or do you think that users will naturally just say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to use Stepin the same that I use Strava, but I just have, maybe it's just a very marginal incentive and nudge because you're earning something, which could be a token, but could also just be you're attached emotionally to your sneakers and you want to, you know, 
that sort of badge of honor the same with the go people go do ironmans and have medals to show for in in their walls you know when people go to their houses you know so i'm curious how you think about that relationship of the different kind of users that are coming to step in now because you know at the very beginning people would be walking to lunch and they would pay for the lunch with earned tokens that that's you know i, I don't think you and i and it, all of us three here can agree that that's sustainable but the question is are people going to keep using and be motivated enough to come to step in and set up and onboard if they know that they can't make as much money okay so is two um two point right one is all in the executions and uh because uh we were so we've seen that we have a surge of inflation of the sneakers basically too much sneaker being produced and then we soon have the solutions basically to do the enhancement basically you burn five you have higher quality a better quality, basically, and uh, we can suddenly see that uh, huge amount of token being burned. Uh, sorry, uh, sneaker being burned. And now we are looking at the deflationary supply of the sneakers. And uh, yes, people do walk away, and uh, because oh, you know, we 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 I have I bought the sneaker price too high, right? And uh, I don't feel that I'm gonna make my money back, and they walk away, and this is normal. But when people looking at sneaker now. The ROI is pretty much pretty um, consistent, where because so so always a new entry will see, okay, they will be able to make their ROI in two two weeks, uh, two months of time, and uh, when they can sustain that, and they will basically motivate it, and when people are bought at the top, unfortunately. We've seen that people say, oh, I'll just keep walking because uh, why not? And we do see people walk away. But I, I, the point I want to make is that people want to, I want people to see this as a, uh, a long-term project because uh, once the GMT earning has been enabled, you know, so the thing will starting to change because uh, it is the GIC that single side uh, selling pressure on the GIC causing the issues. Once we have the other side, um, things will be much improved. Yeah. I want to ask uh, a very basic question before we keep going down this path, which is, I, it was a question that I asked you at the very beginning uh, when we first met, which is, wait a minute, how does someone not game this? Um, you know, and, and I think you mentioned something about the accelerometer in the phone, but I, my first question mm -hmm. was, my first initial reaction was, okay, somehow, somewhere, someone's going to find a way <laughs> To pretend like they're walking and then just make this, a ton put, of money. Put it on a treadmill. Put your phone on That's the right. little yeah. treadmill. Yeah, we've, all, we've all seen the, the meme of like this this guy with like a hundred phones, right? And like pretending to walk. Um, how do you, from a technical standpoint, can you just explain to listeners like how you, can you actually detect when someone is walk like faking it? And can you fake it? We are at... Uh the rollout of the first uh, generation of the CMAC, which is the stepping anti-cheating mechanics. Um, and uh, we have the first generation came out uh, one month after we made the public beta. And then we spent this months of time to build uh, a much better and complicated um, algorithm to pick the uh, cheating. Um, you know, there are different ways of cheat, right? There's one way is basically you pack a full bag of uh, mobile, and then uh, you run at once, you, then you earn nine times of uh, what you're supposed to earn. And the other 
the other type of cheating is basically what we see very common at the moment is when you do the replay attack is that you run, you record one section of your actual running um, and then you keep replaying that and trying to game the system. So it is difficult um, because uh, with the uh, artificial intelligence, you need a huge amount of uh, data set uh, in order to say, okay, to distinguish between the cheating with the normal runnings. And uh, we have changed uh, many, many, many uh, ways basically to try to optimize that without interfering people's user experience. Because uh, I think uh, with the, um, the, uh, the third uh, AI we roll out, um, it will verify every run and then that causes massive issues. And now we are using a more of a background mode, uh, basically to uh, not really actively um, uh, uh, detect users, but uh, if we detect they are being abnormal users, then we were having an internal called Turing score uh, reduction, and then they, will, they won't be able to do any in-app interactions after that. Then they have to run normally to restore their Turing score. So uh, we are using several um, algorithms uh, based on the machine learnings um, uh, to basically uh, detect uh, if this is the actual uh, person running. So we now are very good at it. Uh, because before, without the um, a lot of data set, um, sometimes you have uh, people argue, say, all right, I'm actually running, uh, why you detect me as a bot? And now we can very confidently say, if we detect you as a bot, you're a bot. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we actually can prove it. And, uh, uh, and the next range, so we keep, so, so basically there's no stop on improving the technology. Um, and to give you another example is that uh, I think on the second generation we built, uh, we can only detect uh, if you carry, uh, say, four or five phones. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we're gathering, uh, uh, the, the AI become more smarter, we can now narrow down to three, two, and one. So basically, uh, we are trying to tighten up um, now uh, with the uh, newer algorithm. So yeah. that's the current stage. And then moving forward, we also uh, trying to implement what we call like edge computations. So that's another way that uh, uh, we trying to have the anti-cheating done locally at users mobile. Meaning that uh, we don't need to collect their GPS data and uh, meaning that uh, with a lot of the privacy issues uh, with the GPS data, there will be none. Mm -hmm. So there's always that uh, we're trying to, uh, anti-cheating is always like the biggest um, uh, sort of topic yeah, uh, yeah. when we come to sort of a dev talk. Um, so we have a whole team basically looking after uh, on the AI side. So um, not only collecting the geometers, uh, also the GPS and also the steps uh, of the step counter, and then we basically run the algorithm and say, all right, uh, are, are their mobile at the right place? Um, you know, they cannot be like three meters high from the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these type of things. And uh, what kind of, you know, many of the Python people trying to tweak, especially the replay attack, 
is when uh, they think they can fake, uh, sort of uh, disguise, um, but uh, in the eye of uh, uh, machine learning algorithm, is it, an anomaly. So basically, we're trying to compile all the data set together, and then to deconstruct, and then to trying to reconstruct. If it doesn't make sense, meaning that it's cheating. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think when you were talking about that, I just thought, okay, if you have an event, say a marathon, well, there's, it could be up to thousands of, of runners, uh, and that could be perceived as, wait, someone's cheating, right? Because there's so many people logging at the same time, the same GPS like kind of location, you're kind of triangulating. Because the way you, I think location data is gathered, it might be like the, the algorithm might say, oh, this is cheating. And so does that limit... <laughs> Would you say that like the fraudulent score goes up during events where there's like multiple like people gathering, or can you tease that out? No, no. So when people gathering, you only will see uh, they are very close up uh, of their GPS. But GPS is really only one metric. Everybody have different height. They put their phones at different part of their body pocket, you know, holding on hand, mm-hmm. uh, meaning that they, the elevations will always be different. And then their pace will be different. So there are so many things uh, people are different. So you cannot have two people, even they hold hand in hand, they were still showing up different in the eye of algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking about this, um, what's next? Like uh, for the the company that built the game, uh, or you know, is is uh, Fine Satoshi Labs. Um, You built what is now applicable for walking and running, jogging. Do you see yourself doing other type of applications uh, or different type of sports? I'm curious how you think about branching out into other other kind of verticals or activities to tap into this health conscious um, type of app. Uh, we use walking or running because uh, there is a way that we can verify uh, the, uh, if that's a uh, actual human, uh, but with a lot of other sport is uh, very difficult because, for example, biking. I cannot distinguish if you are riding a motor bike or actual riding a bike, or you on a or you're driving a car, because uh, you know there's no movement. You know, with walking and running, you actually are moving up and down, and uh, also forward. So um, it's uh, it's verifiable. Um, we have yet found any other type of sport we can easily verify their motion is genuine. So uh, if you cannot verify, um, that token could be uh, mass produced by cheating uh, or, 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 or bought. And uh, eventually the token will worth much, much, much less than what it's supposed to be. Because uh, again, you know, with infinite supply, um, because there's no cost. I think the, the, the point I'm trying to argue is if you are actually moving yourself, uh, you want to put a price tag behind your work, right? So say for this distance, I want to make how much money. And uh, um, But uh, if you are running a bot, you can run massive like bot farms and uh, there's no cost, right? So with, with let's say with an uh, actual human, say, okay, if, if there's two, the token reward is too 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 little. I rather not working today. Yeah. You know, when they are not working, no token being produced, sell pressure reduced. We're starting to see the price mm-hmm. rebalance. 
speaking of this, um, what other avenues, and you've hinted at this during the conversation, you see out there that can accrue value back to kind of stabilizing the ecosystem? Maybe in that equation, do you see like insurance companies getting interested, other brands getting interested, uh, you know, events like the New York Marathon or, you know, Iron Man. Like, I'm, I'm curious how you think about the evolution of the ecosystem from a cash flow perspective and having what we call sinks, right? Reasons for people to use the token, not just immediately kind of swap it and, and clock in again. The ultimately what we picture ourselves is become sort of the billboard of uh, Web3 where people can do the sponsorship of their marathon through our uh, our marathon mode. And uh, with Realms uh, partnership, for example, that to bring uh, their part of the bargain, for example, uh, their IP uh, or their um, uh, users, uh, you know. Um, so there's many, many ways we're trying to bring external parties uh, to be part of Stepan. And then we build something together and uh, uh, create more values. So, um, and or to use Stepan as a way to advertise. Uh, so basically, you know, the typical example would be say, if they want to access the premium sort of uh, Web3 users um, that uh, uh, focus on their own health and are well off, and then they have to come to us and then we become the gateway. And then we say, all right, we'll charge you X, X amount of money. And then this X amount of money portion of them then go back to the community. John, uh, I think it was Chris Dixon who coined this phrase back in maybe 2015, 2016, come for the tool, stay for the network, right? Uh, right now, Stepin feels very much like a tool, less like a network, I would say. What, what's the plan to maybe build social features? Um, Santi mentioned Strava, so I'll go back to Strava, right? On, Stra on Strava, you can share, you can comment, you can give kudos on other people's runs. There's a leaderboard, there are in-person events. I know you mentioned that you guys might build marathons yourself or build this network of marathons. What, but what's the plan to, to build the network, Le less, less building the tool? So that so the social part I think is 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 increasingly difficult uh, to tackle, especially you know in in the Web three world that uh, everybody says social fight. Then how do you put the fight into the social uh, without get gamed? You know the, the the main issue is let's say if we create a chatting group and say we reward people to chat, and then immediately we have a lot of bot trying to say GMs repeatedly. So we need to have a verifiable way. Um, to encourage people or incentivize people to go social. But at the moment, we can't find any. Maybe we'll find that in the future. So our uh, direction with building the network is building offline networks. And also, I think that's uh, one thing that uh, a bit of lacking on Web3, everybody on Twitter and on the Discord. <laughs> and uh, they don't go out and meet people much um, and we're trying to build a vibrant offline community, at least for now, and to build uh, ambassadors that could take the responsibilities uh, to organize offline events. And uh, so, and gradually run that into a, uh, like a DAO structure. Um, and, and then we want to see how that takes us, um, you know, we, we don't know what's gonna happen, but let's see if we have uh, various of uh, hundreds of uh, like say city DAO or city running group, uh, while that creates uh, more synergies 
and what you know that could could create new opportunities for us. Uh, we just have to work toward that and see and find out. Yeah, there's another thing I want to get your your take on here, Jan. Uh, there are a lot of people who think that gaming is one of the best ways to onboard folks into DeFi. Um, previously, step in swaps went through Orca, right? Uh, you guys launched your own decks about three, maybe four weeks ago. It's already the most popular decks on Solana, if I'm looking at the right numbers here, by uh, by a decent chunk. What is your plan? Um, yeah, I think 65% of all decks daily active. Yeah, are now are now on this uh, are now on this decks that you guys built. What is your plan for basically a like onboarding folks into DeFi and B? How do you think about? It's almost like this traditional question of build versus buy, right? Using other people's DeFi applications uh, versus building them yourself. How do you think about that? Um, I think this is the part where we're going back to the uh, the thing we discussed is using Stepan as a user onboarding tool. And once they take it on board, um, they familiarize of how everything works. And then we can say, all right, what, you know, you've tried the NFT, you know, with Stepan especially for the people that never sort of uh, get into crypto before, right? So uh, these people have no idea what DEX is, and uh, but they'll be part of the community. And you know, within the community, they can they can be educated and uh, they'll find out what is DEX and can they add liquidity and create LP pairs and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, all this traditional sort of DEX stuff. So it's, uh, we're trying to, this, this is a part that uh, we're trying to onboard user when they are ready. When they are ready to say transform from uh, like a, a Stepan user to a Web3 users, you know they're gonna need to know how to use Stacks. They're gonna need to use how to use NFT marketplace and centralized exchanges, so on and so forth. So we're just trying to build this different stage of flywheels. And then when they are ready, you know, here you go, you know that's a Dex. And when they are ready, NFT marketplace. And uh, at, at you know we 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 were thinking about building the music platforms, social platforms down the track. So when uh when they are need when 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 they need um sort of uh, Web three tools or uh, infrastructures, you know we have something there. So trying to build like a a semi enclosed ecosystem, um where people will be within the ecosystem and then using same token and uh, exchange values. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, everything really is an attention game. And I think in many ways, Board Ape was the first instantiation of what started off as a lot of people that had never had no interest in crypto came for the first time. And then they've layered on so many things around that in the same way the WeChat did it back in the day. Um, I am curious, what kind of, if we can spend a moment talking about like the the behavior that you're observing from all these users, um, obviously, I'd be really interested in, in getting more insights from what you found interesting on that, like, are people like, do they take, do they immediately start logging? Do it takes three, four weeks um, for the user to kind of gradually work their way up? Like what kind of like user insights can you share, you can share with us um, uh, that you're seeing? I think um, we are seeing, um, I think user behavior are pretty much uh, the same. Uh, They're trying to maximize the um, the returns, right? The return could be in different forms, but uh, um, many of them trying to strategize, right? So as soon as they get into the game, they discover that there's different pathways to success, and then starting to quickly analyze, analyze on which pathway they should take, 
for the long-term holder or the users, you say, all right, I'll, I'll having a GMT sneaker, park them at level 30 with uh, some of these uh, gems inserted. So waiting the moment when GMT earning started, they can be the first one to, you know, um, uh, dig in. And they also are the people that uh, trying to really get the return on investment fairly quickly, right? They're trying to strategize on different levels. You know, I think they're the people posting their own guide say, all right, do, do level nine, do level 19, and don't go beyond. And then you have, you know, they did really, really down into this calculation game. And I think that's what we find very fascinating is they become sort of um, a game between the developers and the users, right? The user trying always trying to find the best way to game the system. And we always trying to patch it up and create more token things. And, uh, and then they create a very, very interesting dynamic uh, between the, 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 the app and then the users. It's really trying to um, have something uh, for people that, uh, let's say, for, for the minters. Um, at one time that uh, we discovered that uh, there are many uh, particular person are hoarding a lot of sneakers, just keep minting. And then that, that's when we started to install the minting scroll, which means that you can only get minting scroll by running. And uh, so meaning that uh, when people are making profits through just purely minting without any exercise, they have to buy this scroll from people that are doing the exercise. So, so the profit goes from the minter to the runners. Mm -hmm. And uh, so once that happened, we started to see people strategize their way to maximize the minting scrolls. And uh, trying to discover, you know, what type of what level of mystery box contain the meeting scroll, mm -hmm. and trying to explore. So, it's uh, it's constant. Uh, I think it's a constant evolving um, on user behavior. Um, and uh, you know, for us, you know, we really want to get people engaged and keep them get them keep using the app. And for the user, it's always trying to uh, maximize their returns. And, and the and of course the perfect side effect of that is you whip into shape, which uh, that yes. has always been one of the biggest criticisms around gaming. It's like you're just kind of a rotten potato in your couch. In this case, people are moving, and you know obesity rates are up and to the right, and that's pretty interesting. Uh, do people log their weight in the platform? Do you collect other types of data? Because you know in Strava and others, like you can monitor this stuff to kind of like correlate it to the activity. I'm curious if you've thought about people that. do post. Yeah, people do post um, how they feel, and also they do post pictures on Twitter. So you know, you go search, you can feel, find a whole bunch of them. And uh, not only the weight, you know, it's always also the mental state. Mm -hmm. uh, people are improving. Um, you know, there's many cases that I also can find on Twitters. Yeah. Um, so I think it's overall uh, improving. So people don't discover this after. Uh, they realized how much they have uh, uh, changed their shape. And, you know, that that's that's when you sort of say, oh, hold on a second, my trousers become too big to hold my belly. What happened? Mm -hmm. You know, you lost weight. Uh, and that's where they realized that, uh, you know, the app is effective. Yeah. So last question for me. Well, so when will I be able to go to my insurance provider and say, listen, I'm using this thing called Stepin. Uh, I've lost weight. I become healthier by all these like markers, metrics. Can I get a lower premium? 
can I get some sort of discount on my insurance policy? Uh, can I get a lower rate with doctors? Like, do you see that? Um, um, and and if that's on the roadmap, when do you think that is, is going to be a possibility? We do have this type of ambition, but uh, it becomes something that you're probably going to need to work with the government side in order to push something like this. Um, and we certainly don't not going to see this uh, in the near future. Uh, but I think uh, what we're going to do is that uh, we're going to um, uh, have to prove to the market that uh, um, we are a very much sustainable uh, project with uh, true uh, impact to people. And uh, also working on various of the BD really to um, really to demonstrate, right? You know, the, the level of execution we can pull out, um, the level of partnership we can create, and uh, the level of users we can accrue, and uh, really not only uh, get users, but also retain them. And uh, not only getting the Web3 users, but also the normies as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's truly when we starting to, um, I think, stand out and then be able to working with more sort of a higher level of uh, collaborations. Yeah, and I think I just have one last question to wrap this up, which is I'd, I'd love to just hear your reflections on building a, a crypto app that almost that kind of bridges between Web two and Web three, and like what what is what have been the limitations of of maybe the infrastructure? And there are a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to this and folks who are building in crypto. So you guys obviously chose to build on Solana. Like, what are the limitations? What what have been the good things, the bad things? What do you wish existed on the infrastructure side of things uh, that maybe could enable you to to 10x uh, or 100x step in? I think, again, I, I mean, there there is no shortcut on, on this. Uh, unfortunately, we, we all, you know, we tried, but, um, you know, really, you really to have to have something that is functional and uh, 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 operational and also uh, interesting to play. So we spend a lot of time basically just thinking every day and also uh, talking and uh, brainstorming. I think the limit is really your imagination. Um, we always trying to find where we can maximize the impact with the minimum effort. I think that's always what entrepreneur want to achieve, right? So, uh, um, and we're always trying to find that sort of a weak link and uh, to, to improve that as well. So I think people, especially for the, sort of for the startups, um, they really have to find that sweet spot before they move because uh, if they just pick any of um, area and uh, it was the wrong area or wrong directions and you know certainly the, the, the more they work and uh, the more they spend their effort on, the, 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 the further they're going to be away from uh, success. So that, that's one and two, I think, uh, you know, when we first designed the app, we are far, far different from the original uh, concept. So, you know, that's when we discovered the um, the market and also the user demand and, you know, we started to pivot, right? So I think uh, every day we are looking at um, the stats and we say, is there a better way we can deal with this, right? Uh, do we need to pivot to something else? Do we need to open another branch um, you know, to, to attract more users. So I think we we did a lot of trial and errors. 
I think we have to do it. So one way that is the, you don't know until you try it, right? So it doesn't work. We quickly will pivot again to something else and say, right, well, that direction works. Um, so I think for the journey that we, 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 you know, we've been through almost a year um, is that uh, we never really give up. Um, you know, if one way doesn't work, we try the other. If it doesn't run, you know, we just keep trying uh, until we find the right way. And then we just push through and uh, we'll have the exponential growth. And then if we're probably going to hit the bottleneck and uh, and then we'll push through again. And uh, I don't, you know, so I don't think um, we can stay still, right? So we always have to keep trying, keep building and uh, expanding, pivoting, you know, just um, to adapt the market, you know, especially in this current stage, basically, just adapt and survive. Yeah. And uh, we, we wait for that bull market, so. Awesome. Well, Jan, it is uh, tough not to root for you uh, and to root for anyone who is helping to move this space forward. Um, it's been an awesome conversation. Appreciate the time. Um, and yeah, like I said, I think we're all rooting for you here. Thank hey, you. Jan, I guess before we, we go, um, any perhaps one, where can people find you, learn more about Step In, and two, maybe some parting thoughts or words that you want to impress upon our, our listeners? Sure. So I think... Um I think uh, in this particular market condition, um, we spend a lot of time just keep building and recruiting uh, developers. I think we pe really people shouldn't. Um, I I've seen people sort of get really frustrated about this bear market and then say, oh, you know, just type out. I think uh, you know, uh, being through the last bear market, which is really super depressive for me, um, sometimes people just need to hang on there and. Uh, and eventually things get better. Um, and uh, I, I think people that stay through the last or the last two beer market could, could agree with me. Um, so, you know, for the people that first get into cryptos for this cycle, um, things could be difficult, but uh, uh, I do believe that, uh, you know, um, we will, the whole industry will get better. Absolutely. And what better way? I mean, I think your bear markets are for shredding. And so I think this is a perfect opportunity for people to, who've been in their basement, not doing anything to get out, get moving. And I think everyone can, everyone can sympathize with this idea that you always typically feel better after exercise. And so no matter how bad things you, you think are by looking at charts or a day or your portfolio, uh, I think we've, we all can benefit from an extra walk or an extra run. And, and, you know, endorphins make you happy, not to quote legally blonde, but I am quoting legally blonde. And so exercise stimulates endorphins and endorphins <laughs> make you happy. So at least, you know, we can be in a bear market, but we can be happy by uh, exercising. So uh, I'm rude. Hell of a quote there, Santi. Uh, yeah, I, know, I'm, 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 uh, I showed my true skin here. I, I'm quoting legally blonde. But nonetheless, uh, Jan, this is great. I think the next evolution of apps really will show the world uh, of the positive influence that creative systems that have better incentives whether and applying that to things that really move the needle and health is certainly one of those as the world kind of struggles with health crisis um, is something that is is some is fascinating experiment and I think it is working to some extent and so uh, as Jason said rooting for you and uh, you know definitely you should check up uh, on you guys over the next you know uh, in some time see how you're doing but uh, otherwise thanks for coming on the pod and sharing this with with, with everyone thank you